0: Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Film Pulse for just one dollar a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Film Pulse podcast. This is episode number two hundred and sixty-five. My name's Adam Patterson. We're joined today by Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? Uh, pretty good. Have a good weekend. Yeah, not too bad. Good to hear. Yeah. Having a, having a pretty solid weekend my, myself. Nice. Went to, went to Hoboken today.
1: Ooh. Look
0: at you. Yeah. Had a craving for Jimmy John's. What? And... What?
1: Who gets cravings for Jimmy John's? Me. What the hell's wrong with you? Jimmy John's... so much good food around you, and you're like... Jimmy John's let's do Jimmy Jimmy Jones. John's Jimmy John's is amazing I don't want to hear it <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a piece of bread like one piece of shitty lunch meat no That's it's amazing. fresh
0: it's all fresh it's all made fresh even the bread oh, Jimmy John's is incredible
1: Yeah,
0: Come on mm-hmm. went to Hoboken for some Jimmy John's
1: Is did you have to go the whole way to Hoboken for that? Yeah, really? They don't have yeah. There's no Jimmy John's in the city that I'm aware of. So your trip to Hoboken was specifically for Jimmy John's? Yeah, we went to
0: we went to Hoboken, ate at Jimmy John's, and then left.
1: (laughs) I don't know why, but I find that to be hilarious.
0: Well. It takes a shorter amount of time for me to get to Hoboken than it does to get to like the World Trade Center. It's it's like a twenty minute oh, okay. train, right. so it's not like it's not like <laughs> I drove
1: two hours to go there. I'm gonna keep the, that in my head. That is no, that's this fine. Old, like you had to pack lunches in order to get there,
0: <laughs> in order to make it to lunch. Uh. What are we gonna talk about? At any about? rate. It was nice. Uh, we're gonna be talking about rat film today. Okay. This is the documentary from writer director Theo Anthony. We're also gonna be talking about something we've been watching on the watch list, new releases on VOD and in theaters and on Blu-ray. First, before we get into our review, a little bit of drama yep. happened this week. Hmm. And I wanted to talk about it. I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar, if your feed picked up any of this stuff. What's going on with,
1: or what happened with the Alamo Draft House? And, oh yeah, because I wanted yeah. to bring it up when when we recorded Ryan's stuff, but I was like, oh, I don't want to get, because that was like towards the end of the episode. Right. And I didn't want it to be a whole thing. so I was mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, Then I forgot about it. Well, we're going to make it a thing you, right now. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to bring it up.
0: Yeah, so about a year ago, uh, we might have even mentioned it on the show. I'm not sure that uh, the critic Devin Ferracci, he's the editor in chief, or he was the editor in chief of Birth Movies Death, which is owned by the Alamo Draft House, to to film website. It's pretty good <laughs> film website. Um, that he was there was there were some accusations thrown his way about some uh, maybe some some inappropriate sexual. Accusations that were that were being thrown around. Apparently, he's a creep. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. thought he was a creep before the accusations came out, mm-hmm. and now people, I guess, it was proven that he was a creep.
1: Yeah.
0: So he was fired from Birth the movie, Movies. Death. Pretty much disappeared. He pretty much just fell off the face of the earth at that point. And this week, it was revealed that. He is back working at the Alamo Draft House and was doing some... He was writing the blurbs for Fantastic Fest this year. okay. And he's doing some copywriting work for the Draft House. And I guess Tim League hired him and, like, didn't announce it or anything. I mean, why... I guess he probably didn't feel like he had to do something like that. I don't know if he was, like trying to hide the fact that he rehired him from
1: people. I, I just don't, I don't get that vibe. It's just, it's so, it's bewildering to me, honestly, that, that he would be rehired. Well, it's just the way that Tim league handled everything. I think that he didn't think it was going to be
0: that big of a deal. So when people found out that Farachi was back on the payroll, they freaked out. And Tim Lee released a very well-written response.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no.
0: I thought it was well-written. No. I- I'm not saying I agree with him. Oh, my God. It was so terrible. Well, that's what that's the thing agree. that
1: made me that bewildered me even more because his the like, OK, I can see maybe see that this decision he didn't think was going to be. It wasn't going to blow up the way that it did. But then, the comment, like, where word he writes, I forget the exact wording, but he was like, if I find myself down the road in a similar situation, and it's just like, um, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what the hell do you that, mean by that? That was a little bewildering. Because it's uh, just like, how did no one, how does he not have, like, a trusted friend or something to just look over that and be like, hey, you know what, I would probably cut this part at because it's it was you know sexual assault like you don't just find yourself down the road in a similar situation like it's really easy to avoid that at any rate people did not like that response
0: that was definitely not good enough for them and then i'm not sure which which happened first what happened next was Three, the movie Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, they pulled out of Fantastic Fest. They were like, you know what? We don't want to be a part of this. We don't support this. We're pulling out. So they're not going to be screening at Fantastic Fest anymore. Yeah. No. Then, Mm-mm. and see, this is what I'm not sure, like the timeline. If they pulled out first, then Tim Lee came out with his next statement. Or if... He came out with the statement. Then they pulled pulled out, because one way makes uh, the Alamo Drafthouse looks look worse because it makes it look like the only reason that he's doing that is because that film pulled out and they were worried that more films were going to pull out. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. which so and just like the way because I saw also, um, I think someone responded to him on. Facebook about his response and the way that he responded to that one as well is was saying that kind of like drawing this comparison that he well, I guess he essentially said, you know, like how this is how people end up homeless. And he was like, not to say that Devin's that close, but it's because we don't give people second chances. And it's like, again, you just keep making it worse. Like how was there so, no one around you to say, like, nah, I probably wouldn't compare it to being homeless. It's not a good idea.
0: So yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Although, I mean, he presumably Devin Farrachi just he burned every bridge he had in that in one fell swoop there. Like he's he was not working, he's not able to make a living doing what he has done over the last I don't know how long he's been in the business, a long time probably more than a decade. So, and this is just me playing devil's advocate. Don't do that. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs>
0: well, okay. Just, my, my question, I, well then the question I'll pose to you is should, should he lose his career? Should he yeah. not, not be in his career, this career path anymore because of the actions that he has taken. Now, uh, mind you, some of the people that accused him were other people in this industry. Yes. So it's not like this is a completely separate thing from his, you know, his personal life and his professional life. Like this is this is one and the same. Yeah. So that.
1: Which I would say, yes, his yeah. career should be over. For great, and it doesn't matter. You know, it's kind of irrelevant that is people within the in, you know the same industry. I mean, if he sexually assaulted people, regardless of where, you know, what industry they worked in. He should be done. Like, you're gonna have to do. No second chance. No, no second chance. You could do something else. Find something else. I mean, you can try. Like, that's when I don't like from Tim Lee's point of view. Like, I understand that he's your friend and you're trying to help him out and second chances and all, but maybe a second chance of like letting him stay at your house if need be. You know, stuff like not hiring him back. Something that doesn't put him in the the public You don't have to go that far You can help him try and get a writing gig Somewhere else maybe You know what I mean But just No Not this There's no need for this Or just
0: have him do some work like On the DL you know Something that doesn't
1: have his name attached to it Which I I It's just handled So terribly Because I think at the beginning, if they were just open about it, because I think that's the thing that pissed people off the most is it seemed like he was never actually let go, even though they made it seem that way. And then there was also he, um, I think someone else that worked there contacted Tim leak about, I guess, Devin's actions. And they were like, oh, try and keep it quiet. So, Yeah. yeah, come on. So what happened because of this,
0: probably the, the whole, the three billboards thing pulling out a fantastic fest. I'm sure that that had a large part in it as well. They parted ways permanently. Tim league sent out another letter saying that he has resigned for good this time. He will not be coming back. He's gone. They cut all ties with him. This, this is the end. This is the end of the line for Mr. Farachi. So, it just seems messy. It's, it's unfortunate. I like the Alamo Draft House. I like Tim League. He seems like a genuinely good guy. And it sucks that they had to do so much damage control out of this. If, if there is any kind of silver lining, they announced that they're going to be doing all kinds of uh, meetups and discussions and things at the the draft house locations. Yeah. So anybody interested can attend those. I don't
1: know. It seems disingenuous to me. Well, it's... When you're... Again, it's damage control. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's all They're just performative.
0: They're just... They're trying to make up for the mistake they made in hiring him back. Although I I think it's very clear that Tim League just wasn't thinking like this was going to blow up in his face like it did well he should have i don't know how you not see that coming yeah it's a tough thing you know like you have uh, like jeepers creepers 3 is coming out in just a couple weeks and that is directed written and directed by a guy who is a convicted child molester and he's able to keep working and making movies and doing his thing (laughs) Well, that when up. he like literally went
1: to jail for it. That's what I, the, this is what I don't understand about these situations. Like, not not that it really makes a difference, but they're they're not that talented of people. Like you do, you can find someone else to direct *Cupers Creepers* three. I'm pretty sure. Like, why does he still get work? It's a good question. I don't know.
0: I'm I don't know why sure people you I don't know why people still work with him. Like that's yeah. the thing like n- not not just him getting work because we all know that like a lot of these studios and money people they don't really give a shit about that type of stuff. They just see dollar signs and but the performers and the crew and these talented artists that come aboard to work with these people it's like why why would you do that yeah i would be i would be afraid that it would tarnish my name if i was attached yeah. to a project that this guy did yeah but it's also kind of a double standard isn't it where you have a media personality and it's not just movies it's not just like film journalism it's across the board you have game journalists and other other People in the media, YouTubers, is a good example. Like you have these people where they'll say something or do something that should get them in trouble. Not defending them in any way, and like that's it, game over for them. But then you have directors doing awful things, Uh, athletes, professional athletes murdering people and coming back, and it's just fine. Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's weird to me that there's this. Double standard there. I
1: don't know what to say. World's a weird place.
0: Is it like if you get a certain level of fame, if you hit like a, a specific level of fame, that you're somewhat untouchable? Like, I mean, just uh, was it this this past week, PewDiePie, you know, the biggest YouTuber there is, like fifty plus million subscribers, bringing home ungodly amounts of money is doing a stream. And he says the N word on a, on a stream. And there was, there was noticeable outrage, but he's still doing his thing. He's still making videos. He still has tens of millions of subscribers. And it's like, what's going on here? Well, it's okay for some people to get away with this shit, but not other people.
1: I mean, his is a little bit different because he can just, because I think well, he's kind of in charge of it, right? Like, he's essentially self-employed, and he's just doing... Yeah, just, but, it's just, but people can... He can drop... Advertisers
0: can drop... Well, yeah, that, that's Sponsors true. can drop him.
1: I, I he actually, can still make... I don't know how this works. I'm so... The whole YouTuber thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Well, advertisers buy spots on YouTube, and they can choose now now they can choose what content they want their ads to be displayed on so if pewdiepie does something that's really offensive and they don't want their product associated with his content they can say we do not want our ads to be uh, shown before any pewdiepie videos yeah so that essentially you know will lose revenue for him and then with sponsorships, that's just you know a company contacts you, says, "Hey, can you talk about this or that, or make a video about this one game that we made, or whatever?" And then he can decide if that he wants to do it or not. I don't watch him, so I don't know if he does those types of videos. But and I am also not saying that there is any kind of parallel between what he what PewDiePie did and what Devin Faraci did. Right, they're two very different things that they did. My point was that they both did things that they should, they should have gotten in trouble for. Yeah. At any rate, it seems like we're not going to be seeing much of uh, Devin Frawley at all in the future. I think he's, I, I think, think he's done for.
1: I think that's a good thing.
0: Sure. Yeah. So do I. He seemed like an asshole to begin with. Well, that, yeah. That's the other thing.
1: Because I didn't really know too much about him. Seeing you know what, how he was before, all this came to light. It's just like, oh, why? Why do you yeah, have to charge? Always,
0: yeah, he was always kind of in hot water. He was always kind of a loud mouth. I've seen him at a few festivals. I never <clears> met. <throat> I never met him, so can't speak to him like personally what he's like. But no. at any rate. Uh pretty uh <laughs> you know, pretty you know, shitty situation there. You got know, fucked
1: up. You fucked up Tim League. You fucked it up a bunch of times.
0: He I think they should be able to rebound from it though. I mean they Oh they will. They have a really good thing going and they have a really loyal fan base, at least from what I can tell. So hopefully hopefully they'll bounce back and do the right thing. Let's talk about our movie this week, Rat Film. This is written and directed by Theo Anthony. This is a documentary of sorts. I have a synopsis here. Across walls, fences, and alleys, rats not only expose our boundaries of separation, but make homes in them. Rat Film is a feature-length documentary that uses the rat, as well as the humans that love them, live with them, and kill them, to explore the history of Baltimore. There's never been a rat problem in Baltimore it's always been a people problem. We'll start with you, Kevin. What did you think of Rat film? I found
1: it to be interesting in uh intermittently interesting. Uh for me, the the first question I had like once it was over <clears throat> was what's Rat film about? And the reason I say this right. is because <clears throat> There's a ton, a ton of dots, ton of dots in rat film, but I don't think that there's a whole lot
0: connecting them. No, there's, you know, you, you can see the connective tissue in some of the things that they look at, but there's some other things like um, they spend a significant amount of time talking to the, uh, the forensic guy yeah. and showing off the um which is funny because not only did i see a documentary about those things um what are they called the nut is it nutshell is that right huh. that doesn't sound right the little model crime scene oh uh, uh, yeah yeah uh that that woman oh, i want to say nutshell but i don't know if that's right uh those and then the mock the the that apartment That's like the mock crime scenes. They spent a lot of time with that. And interestingly, I saw a documentary about that earlier this year. And then I also saw the Morgan Spurlock rat documentary earlier this year too. So a lot of what I saw in this in rat film was very familiar to me, Mm -hmm. but I do completely agree that there are a lot of pieces to this puzzle, but I feel like many of them don't necessarily fit together. I feel like we're looking at pieces of multiple different puzzles yeah. that don't really fit into
1: one cohesive picture. Well, and it seems like you said, you have, you have these pieces. There's You get the sense that there's some connective tissue here, but it, you, at least I got the sense that he never really brought things together or connected them. Right, he just kind of like here's a piece, here's a piece, here's a piece. You figure it out. Like I think they connect, but I'm not entirely sure. You know, it just kind of goes off of this basis of just assuming that people would connect it. In some, and way.
0: there's some, and there's some sort of like overt things like when he talked about the that experiment they did in the in the barn i think it was a barn where they set up like the whole big rat colony thing and then how those like two male rats set up shop in a high rise and like that was really interesting to me and a, a lot of the kind of anecdotes and statistics and stuff that he says that that they talk about about the rats you can you can correlate that to the human population of Baltimore. And I thought that it was interesting that he was kind of trying to take that angle, but not necessarily it sure. It worked a hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And some of the stuff you just like the rat hunting and stuff, like, like I, I just wasn't sure where, what he was trying to, to go with, with some yeah, of those. Cause again,
1: that stuff is, it's, to a certain extent, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's just we spent so much time with it, and like you know, the 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 payoff from it, like the information that we're gleaning from this, is not that much. That you know, it's just people hunting rats. Like okay, right, exactly. Gotcha.
0: Although I did think that I, I think it was towards the end. He shows the old map of Baltimore that's split off into the sections, like the color coded sections. And then he overlaid the like topographical maps that had different like crime statistics and poverty line and like all that stuff. Like, I thought that was all very interesting how there was that crazy amount of overlap. Now that's something that we could all probably assume anyway, but it was interesting to actually see those facts but it was just... Visualized.
1: Yeah, and again, that's interesting, but you're still sitting there kind of thinking, like, okay, so are you gonna... What's, what's the correlation with the rat? Right. Like, are you what, gonna... What does this gonna, have to do with the rats? Like, I mean, are you gonna yeah. take these two end threads and tie them together? But no, he doesn't do that. He just, you know, gives some information here and there and just moves on to a completely different... It's so scattershot. I mean, we're... One minute, we're this guy's hunting rats and the next we're doing statistics and then the next thing we're talking with this guy about csi rooms where they stage and then we're over here talking about this and then we're in the video game thing yeah, we're in the vi- we're scrolling through google like how many times i just that was that was a little egregious
0: the the video game stuff was I, I thought it was in there way
1: too much, yeah, like it
0: all it all felt like filler to me at one point,
1: yeah, and then they you know then a little bit later on they try he tries to add this, I don't know if he's going for this like poetic, yeah, how <sighs> you can
0: fall through, yeah, there's like glitches space. and you fall through and see space and all of this stuff, and I'm like, nah, dude, that's just like bad code, they yeah. just didn't they just didn't. They didn't have the collision detection on their right so you can float through the walls and
1: and it's just yeah. like what is this what are we doing with rats? Are we talking about rats? Are we still talking about rats or is this something <laughs> are else? are we getting
0: about... existential here or are we still just talking about rats? <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it,
1: it it is very it is very scattershot. It just keeps is for getting... sure. He's keeps getting distracted and then the throw like i found dan deacon's um score to be really interesting and kind of reading a little bit about how he made the score for the film right which i I kind of think that's more interesting than the actual film but going into it i didn't know that he would spend you know there's a decent amount of time where he's like showing Dan Deacon making the score for the movie. And it's just like, yeah, why, why, why is this in here?
0: Yeah. There's a lot of kind of strange interludes and things that, that occur that I'm just like, Hmm, I'm not sure how this fits in with the rats or the people of Baltimore or what, what, what we're trying to do here. Yeah. But I... it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a strange one to talk about, though, because I did find a lot of it very interesting.
1: that's what I mean i just it is interesting, but I just overall i don't I don't think he was successful, especially when <clears throat> he's trying to make these correlations, right, but yet he provides no evidence whatsoever I think yeah, I think
0: that maybe he had this this thesis, you know, and it just didn't like he just
1: wasn't able. To piece it together You know how There's always investigations In movies and stuff Where they have all the evidence All over the wall Just the whole wall And there's just stuff everywhere Clippings and pictures and whatnot And you got the red threads going to everything His movie's that but with just no threads There's no threads anywhere It's just he put the shit up on the wall And he was like I'm done I did it
0: and you're just but like, also if, this
1: is just a mess. I don't know what, what you're trying to tell me.
0: It'd be, it'd be like the end of the, that procedural where instead of finding that like, key piece of evidence that tied it all together and, and solved the case, they were just like, fuck it, we give up. Like, <laughs> the, <laughs> can't, we can't figure
1: this out. It's so just, like, they keeps getting distracted because they're like, I think we have something here. And then you know, someone's like, hey, look, did you notice on Google, if you go into a building, there's space at the bottom? And then he, you know, he focuses on that for the rest of the day instead of doing the actual work.
0: Yeah. Hey, there's these two guys that sit at the end of an alley, and one, and they look, they look pretty badass. Like one of them has a baseball bat. Let's just let show them for a little while. Yeah. That'll look, that'll look pretty cool. And
1: for so long too. It's
0: yeah. Just like yeah, I get it. Like it was a cool shot. The first time they showed it, I was like, damn, they look intimidating. Like these, those guys look pretty cool.
1: But, but at the same time, it's like, why <clears throat> can I, can I get a little bit more That like, do they spend a lot of their time doing this?
0: I know. It seems like, is,
1: <laughs> is that their job? Is that, or is that just a
0: hobby? What, that's totally, what's happening yeah, here? it's
1: totally a hobby that I have a feeling they're spending way too much money on buying peanut butter and lunch meat and paying for yeah. gas. And then you got to get the folding chairs and your. You, your fishing rod and your baseball bat. Just seems like a lot of a lot of stuff to do. A lot of work put in. And I'm and just the other and guy, I, and I keep you, I keep wondering, like, is this how you're spending like your Friday night or your Saturday night? Like this is what you're doing with your weekend?
0: Yeah, it seems a little dysfunctional. The other guy he had all kinds of like customized pellet guns and stuff. He was he was all geared out. Yeah. It's just... It's like these, these are the guys that love... They would love to just be a hunter living in the woods, but they live in the city. So, this is like the next best thing for them. It's like just hunting rats.
1: And I love the, the actual... Which I wish there was more time spent with the, the guy that actually worked for Baltimore. Of, yeah, he was an interesting character. He was really, really interesting. And that's... I mean... <clears throat> It's the one nice thing about this movie and the thing I love about documentaries when they spend time with just real people is someone like him is like you you don't get that in a movie. Right. You just don't get a person as interesting. No matter how much work you put in and try and write a character, they're never as good. And that guy's just he coming in and he's he's taking out rats in like five minutes and then leaving. This yeah. other guy's like, I've customized four four different guns, and I have a freaking a
0: blow dart. Blow dart. <laughs> blow dart. <laughs> I think we'll use the blow dart for this one. And I love how he was so quick to point out multiple times. Really quick, no suffering. Just real, real quick. They didn't suffer at all. This is a clean kill. No suffering. No. Uh. He's like, well, they wouldn't be suffering at all if you didn't, if you weren't trying to kill all of <laughs> yeah, them. Just leave them alone. Uh, so Chris reviewed this for for us on the site. He gave it a four and a half out of ten. He seemed to have a real problem with how both the rats and the people were depicted in this movie. I think he maybe felt that they were it was, they were exploited a little bit. I didn't really get that sense. And to be honest, after reading his review, I'm like, fuck. I don't want to be watching a movie that has all kinds of horrific rat deaths. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see these rats being butchered or like tortured or, or just killed in horrible ways. But I thought that it was actually done pretty respectfully. There is a scene where a bunch of rats get killed, but the way that it was edited, I thought was, was not too bad.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: that it is, it's an important thing to show. In a movie like this, too, oh, yeah. There's like I no think if you took it. it out completely, it would lose some of the impact. Like it's something that we need to see in a movie like this. Yeah, because the the first time they
1: shit the guy with the bat, uh, I just like, God damn it! Don't tell me i want to see. Yeah, some rats getting smashed in. And you you, you do see it, but it's the way they quick. The, yeah, the way they cut it, the way they edit Yeah, it, I think takes a lot of the the gruesomeness I mean, out of it.
0: The, the the Morgan Spurlock film, I think, which I think was just called Rats. That one was a lot more gruesome in some of the things that they showed. So this, I thought that this one did it, handled it m- in a much more tame manner, while still, you know, showing that there is a rat problem in Baltimore and people are uh, taking measures into their own hands to kill these rats. <laughs> that is
1: correct rats
0: <laughs> it's just weird that there were two
1: rat movies that Everyone's came jumping, out everybody jumping on that rat train talk, Well, about talk about some. Rats. i mean they are interesting they are extremely they're interesting
0: and and the the thing is the, the the morgan spurlock one was a lot more informative about like the science behind rats and what's going on and stuff like This one gets into the history of rat poison and all of that stuff, which I think is interesting. But what the Spurlock one gets into is the fact that that rat poison that they were using no longer works. Like the rats have evolved and they can survive that. So scientists are struggling to come up with a new formula that can kill the rats, but not, you know, kill our, our pets and stuff at the same time. Yeah. So what, what Spurlock's documentary sort of uh, threatens is that we could be on the the verge of a an epidemic, like a rat epidemic, and there's scientists are struggling to figure out ways that they can prevent that from happening because the po- the rat population just keeps increasing and increasing, and you know, with that, of course, is the spread of disease and all of that.
1: Yeah, things are gonna get awful.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
1: Things are about to get really terrible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's just going to be rats everywhere, fucking hurricanes. The East Coast is going to be burnt to the ground. There's
1: just going to be ashes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you have have so many diseases now that are just, they can't be, like, there's no medicine for it.
0: Nope. Meanwhile, North Korea is launching nukes all over the place and... Trump's launching nukes everywhere, and it's just what a shit show. It
1: is. It truly is. We only have ourselves to blame. Yeah. Good job, guys. Great job. God. Yep. 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 Good
0: lord. Uh, getting back to Rad Film, any final thoughts
1: before uh, we give this thing a score? Uh, I would like a a a documentary just following the guy around that worked for Baltimore. I could spend an hour and a half with him. That's film too. Yeah, while he's doing his job. Well, you live close enough there. You could probably go shadow him for a day. I should look into that. I wish they would just asked him all the questions too. Like, ask him what he thinks about Google when you can go into a building <laughs> and it shows space underneath. Get his... Because he was... Man, I, you know, they should have done it.
0: Guy. They should have taken him to that VR thing and
1: had him try out Wait, the VR rat thing. Which, yeah, what the fuck was that? Why did they keep showing Dan Deacon playing the music and that woman wearing the VR? Like, what, I don't do, know. That's, the, don't that's know. the thing about documentaries nowadays. Well, maybe that, that it happened in the past, too. But they're so fucking narcissistic where they kind they of, like input themselves somehow like you can't just be about a thing it's they have to be in it too and this one's just they just show them like hanging out doing a vr thing and it's like you don't need to be in this film yeah why are you um, in it
0: i was really interested in seeing human flow the i Weiwei uh documentary about refugees yeah and i saw a trailer for it Recently, and I know there was like one scene they show in the trailer where the camera cuts away from the refugees, like taking their long journey to, to Ai Weiwei standing there, like beside the cameraman, just watching. and I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, do you really have to put a shot of yourself in there? Like, I mean, I... the
0: movie, the, the film still looks good, and I'll probably yeah, check it out, but... but even
1: there, where you like refugees can it just be just a hundred percent focus on refugees like we don't need to see you we know who you are yeah you're famous artist we get it yeah
0: we get it alright rat film let's see I'm probably gonna give this one uh, I'll go with like a five and a half
1: I give it like a four four and a half
0: now now see, now I'm thinking maybe I should have dropped mine
1: <laughs> lower because influence. Man, yeah, I got I got some pool. I'm an influencer. Right. That's what I do.
0: There you have it. Rat film that <laughs> is in theaters right now. I don't know if this is on VOD. Honestly, I don't think it is.
1: I love the <clears throat> I did love what I came to make as the the theme song. Of those guys in the in the park oh yeah (laughs) that sounds awesome the
0: the best was the praise at the end from the the other woman that was sitting there like she was just like that was the
1: best i think she even said too like that was the best you guys have ever done yeah like is awesome because i just immediately (laughs) how many songs what else
0: (laughs) (laughs) are they all Do they have an album and can i buy it on itunes
1: is the, are they all about rats, or the, do they do other subjects? That's what I want to know.
0: I don't know, but that one guy really hates the rats. He you, hates. But them. Yeah, <laughs> he's like you motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, he is awesome. Maybe, it, maybe thinking about that in retrospect, maybe, maybe, maybe it is a little exploitative, but <clears throat> maybe I don't know. All right, I didn't really get that sense. No, I didn't either, honestly. All right, that's rad film. Let's move on, talk about someone watching on the watch list. I'm going to grab... All right. All right, Kevin, we'll start with you. What uh, what do you got on your watch list this week? I caught
1: up with The, uh, the Lovers. From okay. Hazel Jacobs from earlier this year. Uh, Deborah Winger and Tracy Letts playing... Uh, playing a married couple that are both they're both having affairs each one mm mm-hmm. got something on the side mm. and they just they're miserable with each other right so and essentially that's the movie right it's just Tracy Litt spends time with his his girlfriend Deborah Winger spends time with her her boyfriend they come home. They don't really talk to each other, and then they spend some time with the other people. They come home, don't like each other. But then there's a twist where they kind of their 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 loves rekindled, right? So they spark, start start mm. spending a bunch of time with each other and kind of ignoring ignoring their their side pieces, right? So then that happens for a while. Mm. Yeah. It's, just, it's the same thing over and over again. They're, all the characters are extremely unlikable, which, okay, that's fine. Don't have to have likable characters, right? But at least when you have unlikable characters, and it works is because those unlikable characters are at least interesting. These people aren't interesting. And it's just mm. the same thing over and you know, and there's this, their son's coming. And they've both told their lovers that after the sun leaves, it's over. I'm finally going to leave her. I'm finally going to leave him. Right. <clears throat> so it, but then with their rekindling, it's like, oh, are, are they actually going to leave each other or are they not? But the stakes are so low. And honestly, you don't really care because the people that they're with, um, they having the affairs with, are awful. They're both just so juvenile and ridiculous that it's like I really don't care. I don't care if you stay together. I don't care if you leave each other and go be with your your terrible partners. Like you guys just have terrible taste, and you're just all awful people. And I just don't really care. Hmm. It's just okay. it's just completely uninteresting. And it's an hour and thirty seven minutes, but the real feel on it. Was like three hours because it's just so damn repetitive and there's just nothing going on. I, all right. I don't, I don't like it and I don't suggest that you see it. I would do something okay. else. <laughs> I'd say, all right, avoid, avoid the lovers. Yeah. Buddy. If you're looking to catch up on 2017 titles for your end list, Adam, you can skip right over the lovers.
0: Okay. Uh I'll note that. Please write it down. I'll note that. I saw the Limehouse Golem. Yes. Uh I actually saw this uh last week but I forgot to talk, <laughs> to mention it on the show. Oh no. Yeah, because it made that much of an impact. Oh, uh right. this is directed by Juan Carlos Medina. It's the this kind of Jack the Ripper-esque procedural. About a an investigator played by Bill Nighy, he's going after this serial killer known as the Limehouse Golem. Stars Olivia Cook also. Okay. Eh, didn't really work for me this one. Eddie Marsan's in there, so it was really nice to to see him. Always a big fan of his. It was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I could see where it was going pretty early on. Like I was able to predict the killer pretty early on, but it still goes to some pretty interesting places. It looked pretty good as well. Um, Bill Nighy he's pretty awesome in it, but I like him in pretty much everything he's in. Uh, and it's pretty much it. I, like, I really don't have a whole lot to say. It's one of these kind of gothic horror stories, and it was all right. If you're looking for this kind of um, 19th century murder mystery,
1: maybe maybe give it a look. It's on VOD. Okay. All right. Uh, I watched the original Parent Trap from 1961. Okay. Parent Trap. Twins meet Trapping each those other. those parents. Meet each other. Thirteen years later, they were split up. At like one year old, I don't know when they exactly when they got split up, but for whatever reason, back in 61, uh, a husband and wife could take one twin out of the set and just move across country and just never let them see each other ever again until they end up going to the same camp, which is how they end up finding each other. Ridiculous premise, I love it. Um, It uh, it was good fun, gotta say. I've never seen Parent Trap, the original or the remake, but uh, it was pretty ridiculous. And it was just, I don't know, there's just something about, like, those types of film from that time period. These, like, family films where they're kind of ridiculous and just preposterous. I know, there's just, like a, like, a wholesome quality to it that just, for whatever reason, works for me. I don't know why. But I just find it endearing. Even though it is just... It's... Man, it's just ridiculous. But the... You know, they set up set up their parent trap, right? And then the, the parents have to meet each other. And the minute that they meet each other, they just start arguing. And they're just yelling at each other. And the mother actually punches the, other, the, the, the father in the face, like, right in the eye. Just punches him right in the eye. Just gives him, like, a black eye. And it's like, these people should not be together. <laughs> like, it, there's a reason it didn't work. And this is this should not work out. You should just abort this mission because clearly these people should not be together. They're just not good for each other. But the other interesting thing, I guess, one of the most interesting things is the the two the twins are played by Haley Mills. So they have you know the whole a lot of time for me was spent like when they have a shot of both of them in a scene. It's just, you know, trying to figure out how in the world they did that. Did it look good for 1961? Yeah, Yeah, I couldn't tell. Because I thought, and that was one of the things that I thought of going into. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be inadvertently funny because you're going to be able to tell and it's kind of going to look silly. But, seriously, I couldn't. They did a hell of a job back in
0: 1961. Hmm. Cool. Uh, I remember the I saw the remake, yeah. the, the one with, uh, what's her name? Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay L- Lohan, yeah. Saw that one. Not too long ago, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it sucked. It was bad. Uh-oh. I didn't and know I, there was a Parent Trap 3. I didn't know there was a Parent Trap 2. <laughs> yeah,
1: me neither. Oh, or is, is it like parent... or
0: is it like surf where there's no other one? I don't know,
1: because I'm not seeing a Parent Trap 2, but this one is from nineteen eighty nine. Parent Trap Three. It's got Barry Boswick in it. And the original girl, Haley Mills, is in it. And uh this is with the triplets. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. So, okay, so
0: you're a Parent Trap fan, are you like a a Herbie the Love Bug fan? You like those Herbie movies?
1: Uh, No, I have not seen those either. I think I'm going to have to go back and watch a lot of these Disney movies. Yeah, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Pete's
0: Dragon, all those Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There's so many for me to watch.
1: I'm like, I'm getting excited.
0: There's a lot that, that have that same kind of tone is the parent trap. So if you like the parent trap, you you may like a lot of those other older Disney live action ones. Uh let's see. I saw Downrange. This is the new one from uh Ryuhei Kitamura. Uh-huh. This is a director that uh I think I can safely say we're both pretty big fans of this guy. He's done a lot of really interesting things. Uh most recently, we spoke about Midnight Meat Train and Lupin the Third because a couple of weeks ago we both saw the, those those movies individually and talked about it. And uh, so this is his new one, Downrange. It's it's a English language film. It's an American film. It's okay. Mm. I was a little, I was pretty excited for it because I like the director, and this was. Uh, This is what I would call a containment thriller. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, that's a term that I made up, by the way. Trademark. Adam Powell. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. I I mean, I've never heard it referred to as that before. So, at any rate. uh, Basically, it's about a group of 20-something-year-olds who are on a road trip and their tire blows out. But guess what? Their tire didn't actually blow out. It was shot out. And there's a sniper that is trying to pick them off one by one. Mm. So they're basically stranded on this road behind their their car. And if they move out of cover, the sniper shoots at them. So they need to be really careful. But as it turns out, one of the girls in the group, her dad was in the military. So she she knows a lot about survival and guns and first aid and different things like that. So she, she's like figuring stuff out They're They're coming up with ideas. They're trying different plans. Some of it's working a little bit, but most of it is ending horribly. (laughs) Really good use of a selfie stick in this movie. This is probably the first movie I ever saw a selfie stick being used. I, I don't even know if I've ever seen a selfie stick in a movie yet. But there was definitely one in this and it was utilized in a pretty interesting way. Dialogue's horrible. Script is pretty bad. Acting is piss poor. The, the gore effects, like the, the, the blood and the violence, that's top notch. That's actually quite good. It looks very real. And uh, some of the, some of the scenes are pretty disturbing. But overall, pretty average. Again, it's called Downrange. Uh, I should mention that this premiered at TIFF just this week. It is not out yet. And I don't know if it has distribution yet. However, I can see this one easily being picked up by IFC Midnight or even Shudder. I think it's maybe a little bit of a... Maybe a little higher quality than, than some of the, most of the stuff that Shudder's been putting out. But... Yeah, well, I'm sure that we'll see it probably at some point later this year. Would not recommend for you. Mm. I'm going to guess Shudder.
1: I think it's going to end up with Shudder. All right. Well, we'll just lay down some bets
0: after after the show.
1: 20 grand. Oh, going big. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's just, let's be irresponsible. Okay. Let's do it. All
0: right. I'm I'm fine with that. Anything Uh, else on your list?
1: I have one. Not really going to talk about too much because I just finished it. Right, so it's still and it's one of the it's a like a slow cinema type where I gotta I gotta sit with this sucker for a while, let it steep. Just gotta let it steep, Uh, and that's the movie. By the time it gets dark, which I just want to throw this out there because it's on movie right now. If you have movie, check it out. Um, cause, like, the, right now, it's probably one of my favorite films of the year. It's fantastic. Hmm. I just gotta, I just gotta sit with it, man. I just gotta try and figure this, figure this sucker out. Cause it's one of those movies that, like, as soon as I was done watching, I'm just like, and even Dorman, I'm like, God, I love this. I just absolutely loved it. But I, I also trying to. You know Grasp at things of why And I don't really have anything I just loved it But I'm not really sure why hmm just worked for me Interesting uh, What's the name of that again?
0: By the time it gets dark By the time it gets dark And that's on movie. Uh, one that I didn't add to my list yet But I definitely don't want to forget I saw Mother The new one from Darren Aronofsky
1: Oh look at you
0: Yeah so uh this one's also worth mentioning because of uh, there's a lot of discussion on Twitter this week, this weekend about this movie. It received an F Cinema Score rating. Now, if you're not familiar, Cinema Score is basically this dumb, arbitrary poll that takes place when <laughs> uh, at opening night movies. They will poll, I think, random audience members after leaving the theater. Ask them a variety of questions, and then based on the answers, movies will get a cinema score.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's, that's,
0: that's a stupid idea. That's awful. Yeah, don't do that. Sure, but it's it's a very popular method of gauging audience reaction to movies and whatever. It got an F uh, right now on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a sixty-eight percent. The user score, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes is something like a 40. So there's a pretty big uh, disparity there between it's kind of critic, place. critics and audiences, but it's very divided even within critics. We have a review for it up on the site. Uh, Mint reviewed it for us. He gave it a 9 out of 10. He loved it.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm... I'm sitting somewhere in the middle at this point. However, I saw it yesterday. I'm still kind of processing it. The weird... It's a weird movie. It is a weird-ass movie to to really try to discuss because everything in the movie is so open-ended and so left for interpretation that there are multiple avenues you can take with it. So... As you may have seen in the trailer, the film is about uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. They move into this house. She's fixing up the house. She is basically taking over duties of making sure that the house is uh, in in perfect order. She's designing it specifically like to her specifications, what she wants. Javier Bardem is a writer. He's got writer's block. He's struggling to make his uh to write his next novel his first novel was a huge hit and he's having a hard time with the follow-up and eventually weird things start to to happen ed harris shows up out of nowhere and he's just this kind of strange guy who claims to be an orthopedic surgeon and they let him in and they let him stay there for some reason then all of a sudden the guy's wife shows up played by michelle pfeiffer then their two kids show show up, played by um, Donald Gleeson and the other Gleeson boy. I can't remember his name. I say boy, but he's probably older than me. I was gonna say he's probably like thirty eight. <clears throat> yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the other Gleeson. Um, and it just kind of escalates from there. It gets stranger and stranger. More bizarre things start to happen, and then eventually. Uh, the film just breaks apart and turns into utter chaos. Like it is, it go, it, it just goes batshit, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? It is, it is all over the place. Uh, and there's different angles you can look at. You can look at it as this is a representation of religion. This is this is Aronofsky sort of taking the piss out of religion, and it's his interpretation of how how uh, how religions are formed and and what inherent issues with religion some people say that it could be uh, a metaphor for an artist's work and how their work can sort of be all-consuming and affect all of those around them so there's a lot of different, ways that you can look at the movie and what different elements of the film represent. Mm -hmm. But, and I think that that bothers some people because it's not just, it's not just a film that's left ambiguous or is sort of open for interpretation. It is, it's almost too wide open. You're just like you, it is what you want it to be. And, and, that I think frustrates people.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the Hollywood reporter came out with an article I think today that's, that says if you need to Google search the meaning of a movie when you get home, then it was a failure, which I, I Um, think is, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's unbelievable (laughs) for the Hollywood reporter to publish an article with that. With that title, I didn't read the article, so maybe it says something different. But at least from the headline, I think that that's an utter utter garbage uh, opinion. But this one's a tough one, man. Like I can totally see why some people hate it and some people love it. I think it's it's a movie that uh, you get you get what you want out of it, and Mm -hmm. it's.
1: you should probably see it. I, I, I I'd like to, I will. I mean, I'm going to be seeing it. I just, I wasn't going to the theater to do it.
0: Yeah. I I mean,
1: I'll be catching up with it. And I'm sure I have have a feeling. I have a feeling you will probably hate it. We'll see. I think you'll absolutely
0: hate it. Uh, There was, there was a lot of really cool elements to it though. I mean, it looked gorgeous. The, the house, the design of the house was incredible. The, uh, the, the sound mixing and editing was so good. Like, everything sounded so... It was one of those movies where the volume was, like, basically turned up on everything, even, like, small sound effects, like her just walking barefoot through the house. Like, you could hear every small step that she made, and it was just... It added to this, like, mounting dread in the movie. Do they have
1: the... Uh-huh. When she's walking barefoot through the house, do they have... That noise where you, your foot kind of suctions to the floor like do they have linoleum floors no because I hate that sound if that's in that goddamn movie no it sounds
0: out. it sounds more like she's walking on maybe like a concrete mm. floor okay. there's not really that kind of sticky okay. suction okay. sound yeah I'm not, having that. That. I'm not doing that not doing it yeah you don't need to worry about that okay good uh, there's there's some really shocking moments that happen in it too. It's there's some genuinely like crazy shit that happens. And uh, it's an exhausting film, it really is. But I would say it's worth a look just for the discussions that it will spark alone. Like I, I really I'm really interested to have a conversation with you about what you think what, what you think about it and the meaning that you took away from it and all of that. Um. Anything else on your list?
1: Nope, that's it. That's all I got. All
0: right, let's talk about some new releases in theaters next week. We have Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I know you'll be skipping this since you... Uh... I'm not
1: actually see this. Oh, okay. I'll definitely be seeing it. I think it looks fun. Because I just want to see how it how it goes on. Because how I found the first one to be interesting of them being so inept... And the fact that in the trailer, you know, obviously all their shit gets blown up, and I just want to mm-hmm. see how inept they are. In the second, I want to see if that's a if that's a constant thing. Moving forward, <laughs> For <sure. laughs> just that's what I'm interested in. Is that angle? Is just, just how mm-hmm. bad are they?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll be checking that one out. I think it, it should be pretty fun. The Lego Ninjago movie. Um, now, I'm not too familiar with the whole. Lego Ninjago story. This one initially didn't interest me. I think the trailers look pretty funny. I probably still won't be checking this one out in, in theaters just because, I don't know, I just don't really care about <laughs> Lego Ninjago. And I feel like the Batman, Lego Batman movie, was wasn't too long ago that that came out. And I was just like, I don't need more of this right now. We also have Battle of the Sexes. This is the uh, Emma Stone, Steve Carell tennis movie.
1: That actually interesting. Looks kind this of fun. One. It looks like it could be a fun time. Yeah, I'm interested in this one. I think it, it, to me, this is one be... of those uh, this rentals. Yeah, I think you know, like Friday could night be... or something. Get some pizza, some Chinese food.
0: Yeah, I think it's the um, it's directed by the the uh, Little Miss Sunshine people, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested in that we also have Stronger this is the one with uh, uh, Mm -mm. Jake Gyllenhaal no thanks you know this is directed by David Gordon Green
1: are you serious? (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yep, it is okay, alright yeah, a little little strange that it would be directed by him, because it doesn't seem like doesn't really seem like his kind of movie, but whatever. Uh, Victoria and Abdul. This is a, a period piece. Tells the true story of Queen Victoria and her friendship with um, uh, who who was it? I don't even. Uh, Abdul. A clerk. He was a clerk mm-hmm. from India. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Dame Judi Dench mm-hmm. as Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. I'll be skipping that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got friend request. This is a horror movie. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 kind of done with the whole social media horror type movies at this point. I I'm oh, I'm over that shtick. So let's let's move on and do something else. Loving Vincent comes out. This is the uh, Vincent Van Gogh biopic that is done in entirely oil painted animation.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: So this is this is the uh, I think the first movie that's ever done something like this, where every frame is actually an actual like hand painted oil painting, yeah. and they gathered up like I don't know a dozen artists, maybe even more to to make this movie. And it's I think I read something like. Thirty thousand oil paintings, or something like that, maybe, yeah. maybe even more, mm. and um, basically put it together and told the story about uh, Van Gogh, and and it sort of um, go. It's uh, sort of about uh, his death, I think, too. So I'll be checking this out just because it looks really interesting. I I think it's yeah a really cool idea. I think that, uh, th- it looks like it was such a laborious process to make something like this. Cause if you see the trailer, like the paintings are really good. Yeah. Like they're, they're obviously they're made to mimic Van Gogh paintings. So I think they did a pretty great job with it, but we'll see when that comes out next week. We also have wood shock. This is the one with, um, uh, what's the, um, Kirsten Dunst, the the psychological thriller. Uh We let's see. We also have the King's Choice. We have the Tiger Hunter. We have unrest. We have Gaga Five Foot Two. Mm-hmm. That's on Netflix, I believe. The House is October Built Two horror movie. Mm-hmm. Big Bear. That's a comedy that looks pretty bad. Although there's some. Funny people in it. We got Last Rampage with uh, not Patrick Wilson, um, Robert Patrick and Heather Graham. For some reason, I get Patrick Wilson and Robert Patrick mixed up. They don't look anything alike, but.
1: It's just the names through you.
0: Yeah. We have Shot starring Noah Wiley. Ooh. Interesting.
1: Yeah, this
0: this is kind of an interesting one. So basically it's a, it's told, it's a real time story about a guy who is shot by a stray bullet on the street. And it just follows him from like the moment he gets shot to waiting for the ambulance to the ambulance, picking him up, taking him to the hospital, doing surgery. Like it just, it all plays out in real time.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, For some reason, the poster for this really works for me. I I really like the poster for this movie. I think it's uh, really effective. Don't know if the movie's going to be any good, but kudos on the poster because I like it. We also have Happy Hunting, Elizabeth Blue. That's a story about a woman who I think is... She's schizophrenic, maybe? Mm. Uh, Welcome to Willits. Not sure what that is. We got. That's it.
1: That's a lot. That's mm-hmm. totally. quite a number of titles. Yeah, ninety <clears> percent <throat> of which I'm not ever gonna watch or see ever.
0: Yeah, probably not. Blu-ray or sorry, VOD this week. We have Tennessee Whiskey that yeah. comes out on the nineteenth. We got Second Nature that's also <laughs> on the nineteenth. Then on the twenty-second we have Big Bear. Last rampage, and the house is October built two. Mm-hmm. I think I saw the first house is mm-hmm. October built, but I really remember nothing about it. I really do not remember. Isn't I is, think that the I, one,
1: is that the one about the people that do their houses?
0: No, that was um, that was I can't remember the name of that one either. That was called American Scream, I think,
1: mm.
0: and then. The, the House is October Built is about... It's like a fictional story about a group of uh, teens that, like, they find... They get word of, like, the most extreme haunt or something like that. And they go and it turns out that they get murdered or something. I, I remember bits and pieces of it.
1: Mm.
0: Blu-ray this week. We got The Bad Batch. Mm. Uh, that one's... No. I was really disappointed in that one. It's yes, not a bad actually. movie. I just,
1: I think that's really didn't be work for me too. I think I remember seeing we got, it somewhere. What's that? I said I think I remember seeing somewhere that that's coming to Netflix on the streaming. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I believe it
0: is. Wonder Woman comes out. This is uh, definitely one to take a look at. I would definitely recommend checking out Wonder Woman.
1: I would agree. I would agree. The Big
0: Sick comes out. Another one that's uh, I would I would certainly say is worth a look. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, getting a 40th anniversary release. Ooh, 40th watch, yeah. anniversary. Wow. Yeah, I would. Uh, I might pick this up. I'm I'm anxious to see that one again. It's been years and years. Uh, the Devil's Candy is coming out too. That's a pretty decent horror movie that I I, I would recommend. With uh, Ethan Embry. It's definitely got a very heavy heavy metal vibe to it. So if you're into metal, check it out. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Uh, there's that hero movie. It's called The Hero with um, Sam Elliott.
1: Criterions this week. What do we got? We got uh, one of the best movies from last year. That's certain women. Kelly Reichert. Getting the old Blu-ray on Criterion. Uh, yeah, we'll have a review for this up
0: hopefully, hopefully by Tuesday.
1: That movie's so good. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, I loved it too. Fuck, that fucking, cor- did you, you watch the? Do they have a special feature about the corgi?
0: Um, Let's see. I'm uh, actually looking at the Blu-ray right now. I do not see a special feature about the corgi.
1: They don't. That's a, no. missed, that's a missed opportunity. I'm sorry. See, it if just, I was reviewing that Blu-ray DVD, it, it, the height, the ceiling on it right now would be a nine out of 10. That's as well, high as it pro- could go.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this move this release is probably not going to get like a 10 out of 10 or even a nine. Cause the, the features look a little bit lacking. I haven't gone through them all yet, but really it looks like it's just interviews. That's it. Yeah. Um, this is a spoiler alert for my the art life blu-ray review that one all it has on it is the trailer and a five-minute interview with the director that's it Wow. yeah criterion dropping the ball big time but I also don't believe that that movie should be on the criterion collection as much as I love David Lynch (laughs) some movies just shouldn't be on there like to me criterion is important cinema it's it's movies that that push push the boundaries of cinema or influence
1: filmmakers yeah i was kind of surprised by that one cuz it seems like it's just a, a ho hum documentary about yeah it's him.
0: it's
1: just such a it's just such a
0: standard and it's not like it's there's any kind of like big revelations or anything like that and it's there's like, there's like so many movies, like so many documentaries that you look at, like Thin Blue Line or Hoop Dreams, or these like really groundbreaking documentaries that should be on the Criterion Collection. I think, are they? I don't even know. I'm not sure if those. I think those two, think
1: those two are actually.
0: <laughs> well then, well, those deserve to be on it. But then, so the, so they're on the Criterion Collection, and then you put David Lynch, The Art Life, next to those, and you're like one of these does not belong. You know what I mean? Like it's not a bad documentary, but what did it, what has it done to elevate the documentary genre? Like really nothing. It just seems like the only reason that it's on the criterion collection at all is because it's David Lynch. And I just don't think that that's a good enough reason just because David Lynch is the subject of the movie. Like I I just have a hard time with that. But anyway. Certain women. Yeah. Check get check it. that out. Get it. <laughs> is that the only one? That's the only one. But when the hell is the lynch one coming out? I think the week after. Oh. Oh man. I did them in reverse. <laughs> of course. So now I did. gotta so now I gotta like bust my ass to get the other one done. <laughs> of course. Ah uh, god damn it. Alright. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. Hey, we'll see you next week.